0: Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm up here to provide an update on our rector discernment process. Uh, This is a process that started back in November uh, with the goal of having it completed by January, which is now. Uh, The process involved uh, Father David, Bishop Bill, and a discernment team made up of all this year's council members, plus the two council members who rotated off at the end of 2022. The goal of this team was to discern whether Father David, uh, whether God has called Father David uh, to serve as the next rector of Church of the Resurrection. Uh, The discernment process included uh, interviews with clergy, current and former staff, current and former parishioners, uh, and David, as well as regular prayer uh, and a group discernment meeting. And we completed the discernment process last week. Um, The discernment team... Uh, was united in recognizing that David is called to ministry, that he's well-qualified for ministry, um, and that his work has been an enormous blessing to this parish. Um, We love David, uh, we're for David, and we support David. Um, However, we did not collectively determine uh, that God has called David to serve as rector of Church of the Resurrection at this time. David is going to continue serving as interim rector uh, through the end of this semester. Uh, I, I recognize that um, that <coughs> I recognize that um, this outcome is is disappointing and confusing to a lot of us, um, and that we all all process disappointment and confusion in different ways, um, and. And that's gonna cause grief and awkwardness and and messiness uh, in the church. Um, But part of being in community with each other is uh, dealing with the grief and the awkwardness and the messiness that comes from um, disagreeing sometimes, including about really important things like who's gonna be our next rector. Um, In our tradition, the rector search isn't a public process. Uh, The council believes that the process was fair that we did our absolute best to listen to God and to each other. Um, we're not able to share details about our deliberations, um, but we want you to know that uh, it's okay if you disagree with this decision. Uh, we're thankful that this parish knows how to trust God and draw close to him and to each other. Um, this is one of those those key moments in our life together um, where we can, we can show the world uh, that that we're Christians through our love for each other, uh, even through disagreement and even conflict. Um, If you have a question about the discernment process, please feel free to send me an email. Uh, My address is jeremyhanson 5 at gmail.com. I'll do my best to get back with you as soon as I can. Um, I don't have any update about next steps in the rector search process. As a community, we all need some time to um, sit with this news and process it. so please, just over the next several weeks, um, be in, in regular prayer for our parish and for God to fill us all with with peace
1: and patience and grace and unity. Thanks. If you're new uh, here today and visiting, welcome. This is a really fun time to, to join and visit. <laughs> I'm David. I'm the one the announcement was about. Um, yeah, so I... I uh, just wanted to, uh, I'm going to preach today, uh, sort of, it's like a half sermon, half response. It's important. I've been a, a priest here, if you don't know, I've, I've been a pri- priest here uh, since 2019. Uh, I was a deacon in 2018, and then uh, 2017, just working backwards, is when I started attending here as a parishioner and came on staff. And so I've been serving here for many years, um, and sort of uh, baked into that announcement for Jeremy is uh, from Jeremy is this... Maybe expectation that there would be some hurt or, or disappointment, um, and that's just because we've lived life together, and, and it's it's relational, and there's our lives are tied together, um, and so I've, I've got I've prepared uh, thoughts, responses, uh, how we're doing, and then our way forward, um, what what Jesus would have for us, I think, in uh, in this community. So let me pray um, just for for me in this time, and for us uh, before uh, I begin. Um, Father God, thank you for the opportunity to again to come here and to hear from uh, your word. Um, stand on the solid foundation of of your scriptures and and Jesus Christ himself. Um, Father, fill me and us with peace, um, fill us with your wisdom, and uh, guide us together in Christ's name. Amen. So uh, I was talking to a very wise friend. Um, and his very first question was, uh, "So, how are you and Kendall doing right now?" Um, and uh, the the response to that is that in the first forty eight hours after uh, uh, being told the discernment decision, it was it was a roller coaster for us. Um, there was a combination of or waves of uh, hurt, confusion, uh, disappointment, and then also resignation and peace and um, um, just trying to work through it. It felt kind of like we were underwater for 48 hours, if that makes sense. Um, and then I felt like there's this really big breakthrough for us last night, specifically. I got to talk at length with Jeremy and with, with Kendalyn, um, and a few things became really clear to me and really obvious that um, I, I definitely want to share as an outcome of this. Um, on, on the Coming out of the emotions of hearing the news or, or experiencing that, um, it's important for me to, to express publicly to our council and to everyone to hear that um, I support and respect and honor the decision of, of the process. Um, we discern as a group for a reason. Um, we discern as a team for a reason. God speaks in the church and through the church, uh, and I, I think that we all need to do a really good job of respecting that and honoring God's voice through the collective work of the church, um, through the collective work of a group of people who, uh, all of whom are incredibly competent, Wise, mature, thoughtful people who did took extra time out to go through this process and had the uncomfortable job of then telling me that news. And so I I respect that 100%. So thank you to you all who were involved in that process. Thank you for uh, being honest and being thorough and and deciding the way you decided um, and listening to the Lord. Um, what uh, the, the very next question people will ask is... Uh, other than did they give you reasons, which none of you are ever going to find out about, hopefully, um, because those are internal deliberations. The next question is then, what's well, what now? What now? Well, Jeremy just shared that, um, frankly, practically right now, nothing is changing. Um, I'm the interim rector until the end of the semester, um, and uh, my heart and my family's heart is to love and serve Church of the Resurrection. Uh, it's kind of—I know this kind of downplays it, but— um, it's kind of like, okay, moving on. Um, It's it's past, and there there will be next steps. That doesn't have to all be figured out right now. Um, That's okay. We don't have to know exactly what's coming next. Um, My plan is, as of right now, knowing what I know about my life, my heart, this church, my plan is actually not to go anywhere. My plan... um, I've been using the image of like a, ta- of like a tapestry or, or a weaving, and it's funny because Vicki Gunning was praying about that this morning, about the, the tapestry. Um, when you live life with people, we just talked about this last week, when you're actually rooted, like we talk about being rooted, I um, actually believe that. Like I really believe that you should be rooted. I believe that I want to be rooted, and it's better to do that than to do like, whatever you think is best for you in the moment. Um, so if you live life with people long enough, your lives end up doing this. They end up weaving together. They just end up weaving together. And for you to say, I'm out, is not just an unweaving, as if it's like a really clean break. It's a ripping. It's a tearing. That's why it really feels bad, man, to (laughs) to get out of that kind of situation, to leave places where you've been, and to leave family. And um, tearing over and over and over again and never putting down. That's the reason we, we are hesitant to ever do that because it hurts when it's over. And um, I'm not in a real big hurry to rip apart the fabric of my life right now. You hear what I'm saying? My life is interwoven with the Church of the Resurrection. It just is. My kids' godparents are in this area. My family's in this area. My house is right down the road. I have no interest and uprooting all that as much as I possibly can okay and so there's been an assumption for whatever reason um, you're surely gonna go somewhere else uh, for a, a job are you surely gonna look elsewhere to be a rector um, that's not the case right now that's not how I feel um, I can't speak for what will happen a year or two years three years from now I don't know but like that's not how I feel right now um, so my plan my commitment is to be rooted Right here, and to be committed to these people, to you, I say these people, to you, um, and uh, to the work that we have to do here in our um, in our lives. I reject the lies of like careerism, like especially as a as clergy in the Church of God. My job is not to be ungodly and ambitious about like position. That is just not what I'm called to. And frankly, neither are you in your jobs. Our calls are to be faithful and obedient. And if God opens up opportunities for advancement in work, for success in work, whatever, different positions, awesome. Like pursuing that, like I went through the process. Okay, let's let's listen. Let's see. But this like, okay, now it didn't work out. I have to have it. I'm going to do what I can to vie for the next position. And I'm going to go find a different church. Or I'm a, we don't have to take it into contr- our, our lives into our own hands like that. I just don't think that's the way to go about it. I hope that like me not doing that is is a sermon. My life is a sermon to you guys. The most important sermon I will ever preach is how I respond to things like this and that you get to see. I can say all I want about rootedness, but if I just up and leave, well, crap, all you wanted was the job. You didn't care about us. That's not the case. It's just not the case for me anymore. And hopefully that means something to y'all. In the midst of the disappointment, there's like, okay, okay. Um, it, you know, you're swimming around in the emotions, and it's funny how kids, I love, I love a lot of times having kids around in this kind of stuff. It's like, not right now, you know, but actually it's it's pretty helpful because, you know, Kendalyn was crying in the car, and, and, uh, sorry, in case you didn't, I don't know if you wanted people to know that, but <laughs> I was crying. I had, I had my breakthrough Saturday night, and uh, I cried like a little baby at my desk um, about it all, because there's sadness, but she was like, Kendallin, why, why is she crying? I said, because dad didn't, I'm not going to be the I'm not gonna be the, the rector at, at our church. Uh, and mom is sad. And she said, it's okay, mom. Maybe next week dad will be what you want him to be. <laughs> we've been, we've been like we've been laughing about that for the last couple of days. Like, maybe one day dad won't be a deadbeat, you know. It's, it's, you know, it's one of those things. Only a three-year-old, she's totally sincere, like totally trying to comfort my wife. And I'm like, thanks, babe. Thanks, babe the humility that we all need from the mouths of kids. So, you know, we just have to be able to take ourselves less seriously. And um, I think that's the approach is um, I'm, I'm still a priest. I've, I've felt comforted and or cared for, affirmed um, in my primary calling to, uh, to preach the word of God and to uh, care for and counsel the people of God. Um, and so I'm not going to stop doing that. I think that's all I need to say really right now about me. Um, If you have more questions, um, maybe give me a little bit of time, and then I can answer some questions. Um, If you don't know me, and you just don't really have any context for understanding why this is important, then don't worry about it. We're going to move forward. Uh, Seriously, I mean, here's the deal. Um, The transition here is that what's my job now? What is my job right now? My job is to point you to our one Lord, our one Savior, Jesus Christ. That's it. Who owns this church? Jesus Christ. What is this church founded upon? The gospel of our our Lord Jesus Christ. What do we follow? The word of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, providentially, scheduled for today, is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 10, where Paul addresses divisions based on following specific leaders and why you shouldn't do that. So we're gonna talk about that today. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. If you don't have your Bible, start bringing your Bible to church. Okay. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So we started last week. Paul is writing this letter to the Corinthian church. And a little background. Paul planted this church. He's like getting on a boat around the, the, the region. He's planting churches. Well, he had... he had uh, Scholars will tell you that there is almost certainly a, uh, a former correspondence that is uh, from Paul to the church checking in on them. And then, then a correspondence back to Paul that was like a little weird. Well, then there's a woman in the church named Chloe. If you look at uh, verse 11, it says, it's been reported to me that by Chloe's people, so like she's got her own posse, it literally says those of Chloe, like in the, in the Greek, the, the, the people of Chloe. So she's, she's probably a prominent person in the, in the church as far as like her, she's got wealth, she's got a household with probably servants and messengers, people who work for her. So in their correspondence back to Ephesus, which is across the ocean, Paul has received word from these people, hey, by the way, here's what's really happening on the ground in Corinth, Paul, and it's not good right now. It's not good. People are, people are arguing over who they follow and people are trying to one-up people and there's division. And when we come to t- t- together for communion, like some people are eating and like leaving and the poor are not getting any food. It's it's a mess. Like we are not acting like the people of God. Um, and so Paul takes out his pen and you just start scribbling. You know he starts scribbling because where he's saying, um, I'm thankful, he says, "Uh, I thank God I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one uh, may say that you were baptized in my name. And then he's like, well, actually, I did also baptize Stephanus. But he's like, so in a hurry, he's not going to, he's at the beginning of the letter, he could have started over, you know, they didn't have like erasers. But he was just like, you know, he's mad, because like, they're not acting in line with the gospel. So let's, let's talk about that. Um, He starts out by saying, I appeal to you, I urge you, my brothers and sisters by the name of our lord jesus christ so in the name and the authority of jesus christ this is coming from god i urge you that you do four things one that you all agree literally it says that you speak the same that you speak the same number two that there be no schisms divisions argumentations between you number three that you be of the same mind same thought process and number four our text says the same judgment or, or intention or purpose. There's um, this outworking of the mind. So not only what you think internally, but then what comes out and what, what is um, determined to be the next step of action for you as a group of people. So your speech, how you speak, ought to be united. Your, um, there, may not, there ought not to be argumentation, kind of as the converse of that. Uh, you ought to have the same thought process processes, and you ought to have the same purpose, right? So this is the unity that he's calling for. The reason that he calls for this is because Jesus is head of the body. There's this metaphor that's used in Paul's writings of the head and the body, that the church is the body of Christ. So think with me for a minute, if you will, about us being a body and Christ being the head and the analogy to a regular body and being in unity. So when you... Are intending to walk down the aisle at the grocery store. You're hoping that your hands stay on the on the cart and that your feet move in the way that you want them to move, and that when you want to stop and look at something, that your body will obey the commands. That because you're trying, you're on a mission. You've got a purpose. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. I want to go to the other side of the store. Like you're going to do things, and your body is this like machine. It's not really a machine. It's a organism, that you are directing consciously through your mind, right? And we know that the mind, we associate the mind with the head, the brain, okay? So Jesus is directing the body as we go about in the world. Now, what happens if you're trying to do that and you're not telling your arm to lash out, but it does actually uncontrollably lash out and smack the shelf and you knock stuff all over the ground? It's like a spasm, right? Is a spasm natural or good? No. That, is, that shows a dysfunction of the way the body is supposed to be working. The communication between the head and the body is not the way it should be. It's spasming out of control. Or you want to reach over and grab the sweet baby rays, but you can't grab it, and your arm won't listen, and you're like, that's either paralysis or seizure, isn't it? You can't, it's not doing what you want it to do. That's a dysfunction of the way the body ought to work. So if the mind, if the, if the head is telling the body, do X and you don't obey it, that's dysfunctional operation of the body. So if the head is saying, do this or don't do this, and parts of the body aren't in sync with that and aren't in line, that means the body is not acting the way it ought to act. So, for instance, if a discernment team meets together, let's just dream up a scenario, where a discernment team meets together to discern discern something for the church, and we we have said as a collective, this is how we're going to see how Jesus is speaking. And there's a a discernment that's made, and that message is disseminated to the body, Then it is now the responsibility of a healthy body, it is the expectation of a healthy body, to then then all walk in unity with that determination. Plain and simple. There will be no division over something like that in a healthy body. And if there is, our job is to get healthy. And like Jeremy said, if there's disagreement, we can disagree and still be on the same team. We can talk about things and work things out. But there will be no divisions or deliberations uh, uh, that are um, malicious or that are divisive. Because that's the body warring against itself. That's not healthy. In the same way, we now have a a mission, we still have a mission that we've been praying about all season, that we will continue to be about, and that is to go and make disciples. We can get all bent out of shape and navel-gaze about what's going on in here, but there's still a neighbor around you that doesn't know the name of Jesus Christ. There are still millions of people in DFW who have no affiliation with a church, Don't know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Don't have an eternal hope in Jesus Christ. So Jesus has told us to go, and if we stagnate and we are paralyzed based on something that we don't like, that is unhealth and dysfunction. That doesn't mean we can't take time away to heal, to deal with things, to grieve, to whatever. I'm going to have to take that time. We still keep moving and do the thing which the head says the body ought to be about. And we do that together, in unity. We have the same mind, the same purpose. So we 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 agree with the determinations of what's been, what's happening through our leadership structure. This is dwelling together in orderly unity. So what's the takeaway? And I'll be done. It's the quickest sermon I've preached in a long time, probably. Um, the takeaway here is um, yes, I am. Um, I'm disappointed. Um, but I am more excited about serving you than I am about any kind of position. I don't, as long as I get to teach the Bible and help people through the problems in their lives, help you know Jesus Christ better, like if I can do that here, that would be awesome no matter what it is. And we all need to be about the same kinds of things. We need to be unified together to walk in the same direction, to be an Anglican church that is rooted, restful, and relational as we pursue the first, second, and third tables together for the sake of making disciples of all nations. So what I would ask is that we would be committed one to another and that we would stay the course and take the next step. My wife, I'll end on this, who I believe is a prophetess, um, un- unironically, um, said that she's uh, it was it's really easy to teach the Old Testament stories to her kids and talk about oh the Israelites when they when they reached the Red Sea and they didn't know how they'd get across you know they they were scared and they didn't they didn't know what was going to happen the the armies bearing down on their backs they don't know how they're going to get across and they just have to trust him there's no way forward and they have to trust God well here we are as our family's like oh this is like a Red Sea Um, And maybe it can feel like a Red Sea to like come to a place where like, okay, so what's the way forward? I don't know. We don't have to know that. I don't have to figure that out. God gets to figure that out. Isn't that free? Not to have to manipulate the situation, not to have to force it, not to have to be in control, not to have to be something great or that you're not supposed to be, but to just rest and say, all right, God, how are you going to divide it? How are you going to split the sea? Show us the dry ground. Once he shows us the dry ground, we'll walk and we'll walk together. And in fact, we already have dry ground. So go talk to your neighbors about Jesus. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for your uh, direction of our lives. Thank you for the love you have for us, uh, for me, for each one of us individually and us collectively. Um, Instill us with a zeal for the scriptures for the gospel, to know Jesus Christ, your son, to share the message with our neighbors that cannot be put out. Make us about the mission. Make us about the kingdom. Make us about the task ahead of us and about nothing else. Let all other things in our lives, our jobs, our families, our homes, our relationships all come under what you've given us to do, to love and serve you. And minister to our hearts, to my heart, and show how you really are truly present in this moment and in every moment going forward. In Christ's name.